Lots going on today. Not least Jim Rutherford resigning as the Penguins general manager. Joining me now to discuss from DKPittsburghSports.com. He is Serbian reactionary. Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, let's get to the heart of the matter. The story's a few hours old now. What do you hear? Why did Jim Rutherford resign? Because it's not health. I've heard there was some conflict. But yeah, there, there absolutely was. What I've picked up over the last couple hours uh, basically boils down to this. Jim wanted an extension. Uh, Jim wanted to be treated as if, you know, he has achieved what he has achieved uh, with the Penguins. He wanted to be treated as if he was not 71 years old. Uh, you know Jim as well as I do, and you know he does not see uh, age as any kind of obstacle. Uh, not in his life, not in his profession. That's why he included, notably, uh, in, his, in, in the team statement today, but also in subsequent remarks that he's made, that he doesn't consider this to be a retirement. He considers all of his options to be open. Uh, he wanted that to come from the Penguins. Mark, last June, uh, I had a one-on-one interview with, with David Morehouse, and I asked him, really, I'm not even sure why I did but, but I had it on my list and asked him if basically Jim had a job for life. And he gave you know a glowing response about Jim, but he never said yes. And it's something that's kind of sat in my head here for a while. In particular, you know how things are. When you see the team not doing well, you think about a lot of different things. And the Penguins' record notwithstanding, they haven't played well. They haven't looked very good. And I wouldn't see a whole lot in terms of almost anybody's performance at any level of the organization and say, man, things are just going great right now. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I could see where this would kind of come to a head and Jim's, you know, his contract is up or was up in June. And he's saying to them, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, I've done a lot of winning here. What's going on? So his and contract was, like, well, was we're up not ready this to coming do it. June. Cause I had seen 2022. <clears throat> um, my understanding is that it was up after within a year. Now, who do you think is the front runner to be the next GM? And does Patrick Alvin, the interim guy, have much of a shot? Because there's not many names out there. They used to have Garen and Fitzgerald and Botterill all queuing up to take the job, and now they're working elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, all of those guys that remember the triumvirate that was underneath him, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've all found other employment to their credit. Uh, and, and maybe the Penguins could have and should have done something more along the way to make sure that those guys stuck around. You know what I'm saying? You well, can well, pay right. them. That, that's my point. Considering they are yeah. gone, I would have extended Jim. Um, again, we don't know. Not, not just for that on. reason, but, but you know, like now the guy's leaving and there's no ready successor. Well, we don't know that there isn't a ready successor. You know, um, we don't know what, Mario or whoever has in mind here for this thing, as much as I'm sure they've all been legitimately taken aback by everything that's happened in the last 24 hours, that doesn't mean you don't always keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, if you look around the NHL fraternity, there's tons of names that are familiar and have connections to the Penguins. And I'm not saying that necessarily as if they'd be candidates, but people that you can talk to right away. I mean, you could talk to Ron Francis, for example, and just get his feel on what the the GM, you know, the, the GMs or the assistant GMs, because he's just had to go through that process in Seattle. And you can absolutely trust Ronnie with what he tells you. 
Uh, that's the kind of dynamic I think you're going to see the Penguins go through. I don't think it's going to be quick. I also don't think Patrick Alvin is going to be that guy. Uh, he, if he had been in an assistant GM's role for a little longer than just a couple of months, I'd feel a lot better about him. He's respected. He's highly regarded. He's been with the Penguins family for a very long time, longer than most people realize. But he hasn't been in that that environment where you make trades, where you're you know you're going into the back room, where you're calling somebody in the middle of the night and pulling off the Carl Hagelin deal the way Jim Rutherford did. Um, so I wouldn't feel great about that. In fact, the Penguins went out of their way in the press release. I thought this was kind of striking too. Is near the end to say that uh, you know if Alvin gets in trouble, he's got Mario as backup. That, that was like wow, really. Uh. I tend to agree it will not be Alvin. What are the odds of them bringing back a Botterill, who's an assistant GM with Seattle and could probably get leave to, to come back here? Although, if memory serves, Dejan, when he was Jim's assistant, a lot of people thought he was the logical successor, but I'm not sure the team quite saw it that way. Well, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know. And his time in Buffalo obviously wouldn't have bolstered his resume much. Um, he did some things... With the Sabers, yeah, but he worked I'm for sure a nut. He, he worked for a nut. Yeah, he worked. He worked for a nut, and you don't know how many times his hand was forced into a bad trade. But there were enough of them, you know. And the Sabers never got off the ground, despite having good drafts, uh, or at least early and high picks in drafts. Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin to build around, and never really did anything. Heck, they still aren't doing anything. Um, I don't know that that helped him. Uh, but I, I do know that the Penguins had respect for Bottrell, certainly his ability to manage uh, a cap and everything else. But look, you know, we, we've had a lot of these conversations about the Steelers in the last couple of weeks. When you have an opportunity like this, Mark, when you have a vacancy like this, you're not looking for the fast, familiar name. You're not looking to fill it right away. If you're doing this right, unlike what the Steelers just did at offensive coordinator, you're having a real big time search. You're putting this out there and saying, bring it to us. Show us what you got. I don't know that there's that much urgency. Yeah, the Penguins are in a weird spot right now, missing every left-handed defenseman on the planet off of their roster. Uh, but, you know, you can, you can find a way to pick up defensemen like they did today with Yannick Weber. It's not the end of the world. We're talking today on Kovacevic from DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's brought to us by your neighborhood Ford stores. Uh I think Jim did an impeccable job as GM. He made a ton of trades, but they always fit. The whole was greater than the sum of the parts. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but I look at 2016, that team, when he added in short order Kessel, Benino, Daly, Haglund, and Schultz, and that is one of the times that you could say, yep, the GM had direct and major impact on winning a championship. He did, and you left off to me, to to my mind, the biggest one, which was his very first trade. You know, when you pick up a Patrick Hornquist, well, right, but that was the year, that was the year before Dejan. No, I understand that. That was his very first trade, and when he shows up on that draft floor and he moves James Neal out and brings Patrick Hornquist back, and everybody's like, "What are you doing? Neal is a forty goal guy, and everything else here," because he needed to change the identity. Uh, one of the things that you're going to get when you're an aggressive GM, like Jr. has been you're going to get some blunders and you're going to have people who are negative, who are going to focus on the Jack Johnson and, and, and the other situations that just flat out don't work out like the Derek Broussard, Ryan Reeves, 
But for the most part, my God, the guy added two rings. He added two championships to Pittsburgh's pantheon, you know? Well, right. And to um, me, to me there, the there's trade... nothing to debate here. Oh, I know. know? I, I don't think anybody is, actually. I mean, the Hockey Hall of Fame inducted him. That tells you all you need to know. But to me, the trade that summed up Jim was David Perrone for Carl Hagelin. Because in a vacuum, that's a terrible trade. David Perrone's a much better hockey player than Carl Hagelin. But Jim saw the need for speed... And he saw the fit. And Perron's done okay in St. Louis since he finally went back there. But there's no underestimating what Haglin added in terms of speed and in terms of two-way play and that HBK line to the Penguins. Yeah, Perron was obviously a big part of what St. Louis did in finally winning the Stanley Cup. And, and I agree with you. He finally found a fit. It took him a while. It took him a few teams to pull that off. But bringing in someone... Uh, like Haglin, and then from there, you know, you give credit to the coaches and everything else for putting HBK together and having it work and committing to a third line the way they did. But uh, Jim would see things that he didn't like. He'd get angry about it. You and I both saw that after games. You ever try to say hello to him after a game? <laughs> or for that matter, get, before a game? Get, before a game even. He had that goalie mentality Impossible. before the game. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything personal. You could be just you and him in a hallway, and you go, hey, Jim. <laughs> I mean, extremely, extremely competitive uh, and visibly so GM. But he wore that heart on his sleeve as the GM as well. When he saw things that he didn't like, he got active about it. When he saw play, whether it was from uh, Evgeny Malkin or Chris Letang over the last couple of years, he was vocal about it. He was open about it. He wanted them to know that he was upset. He wanted everybody to know that he was upset and thinking that might make a difference. Uh, you're going to hear the term a, a lot today, throwback about him, but that's exactly what he is. He's an old-school GM uh, in, in every sense of the word. And, and, a, and a, the, the city of Pittsburgh is very lucky to have had him here for the time we did. How about that? No question. No question about that at all. Now, the team is in decline. I don't think their championship window's open. I think they're still a playoff team. Is there anything he could have done to prevent that, and when did that need to be done? Well, yeah. I mean, he could have blown up the core. But, you know, one of the things that you have to wonder about that, That's always, what I think, too. I think yeah, when, if when you, you trade when Malkin when after the 18 season and you get the right uh, return, which is, you know, never guaranteed, but I think you're you're back in a real contending groove right now, but maybe not. But one of the things that's going to be interesting over the, the coming few days and weeks and seeing how this thing plays out here is, and, and I know from past experience that, that both Mario and Ron Burkle, they're more involved in the Penguins than what most people, I think, realize, uh, both of them. They're constantly in touch. They're constantly talking. They're asking for meetings. They're not uh, nebby, to use the Pittsburghese term. They don't, they don't sit there and, and, uh, and, and move the pieces around for you. But they're involved. They're paying attention. Uh, Mario has always believed, and he has said so and stated it clearly, that he feels very strongly about keeping great players in the fold. For the most part, that has served the Penguins extremely well over the past 35 years, uh, that policy. And I wouldn't doubt for a second that there would have been a time when maybe either Mike Sullivan or Jim Rutherford or whoever would have wanted to move uh, Gino or Tanger and Mario would have been no. Now, I'm not saying that based on any 
anything other than what I just told you. I'm not saying that that's a real thing. I'm saying that that's, it's a, it's very much a possibility. Um, this, this GM has done an awful lot here. Uh, he really has. What could he have done over the last couple of years? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Oh, it's no, the option to me was trading Gino in 18 or keeping the yeah. core together and kind of a farewell tour. Deja brought you by uh, your neighborhood Ford stores.